LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are excited to have our friend, our brother, our fellow minister, our mentor. The bi- the bishop of the bayou. The bishop of the bayou. Which is so funny because he's not on the bayou anymore, but he's still the bishop. That's true. Tim, <laughs> Tim Bishop of the Bayou LaFleur uh, is in the house. Yes. It's good to be with you guys. It's good to have you here, my friend. Good Anytime day. you're here, we know that it's going to be better. Whatever it was going to be, suddenly it's one slice better. Like when I eat a sandwich and I put cheese on it, that's good. But what if I put two slices of cheese? What if you put bacon on it? Oh, see, you get an extra helping a gumbo or something like that. I like the way he's saying Represent the bite. Now, would you put gumbo on a sandwich? That's my question. (laughs) No, but you'd eat potato salad. See, that's how you know you're a true Cajun. If you eat gumbo and you ask, like we Candy made gumbo this weekend, and I said, Candy, tell me you made potato salad. salad." And she said, you know me better than that. So why would I have to ask, right? Wow. <laughs> so potato salad should not be in gumbo. No, should. Should it be. Should be in gumbo. Eat, some people eat it in the gumbo or on the side, but you have to have and it candy with gumbo. does not eat potato salad in the gumbo. No, she said you know me better than that meaning. Oh, okay, she, we, she did make it. Yeah, it's like, she did make so it. So me yes. being a rookie, I would like I am right now, I have no idea. As you can tell, you're, you're not no from idea. the bayou. <laughs> you did like that crawfish had too fake for the when you right. came I, over to my house. I have. Miss Chris LaFleur made some of that. World famous. My life has never been the same. My life has been forever changed. But let's talk about some uh, some actual life change beyond food, if we can. We're talking today about mentoring, leading, and developing leaders and, and how this relationship between uh, Tim and his mentor and then Tim eventually mentoring Pastor Robbie. And then ultimately, I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of influence even on our staff here at Long Hollow of individuals who have been mentored and led and uh, just the influence that happens as a result of that. So I'm going to be quiet and let Brother Tim just talk us through a little bit. You were mentored. Tell us a little bit of your testimony of how that that began back in the day. Well, back in the day, as an older teenager, uh, I was kind of following in the footsteps of uh, others who were in my hometown and especially my parents and uh, they were alcoholics, and I found oh, myself wow. moving that direction. I swore that I would never be like them, mm-hmm. but um, I realized I was becoming like them. Mm-hmm. Providentially, a friend who was lost, who wasn't even a believer, invited me to a student camp wow. where I heard the message of the gospel, got radically saved, came back to my hometown, didn't know any believers wandered into the Baptist church and a guy uh, loved me and really uh, was concerned about me mm-hmm. and invested his life in wow. me. So a lost person actually invited you to church. That's, yes. That's an interesting testimony that I've not heard before. That's great. But uh, then that, you went to a camp, didn't you? Went to a I camp. did. Oh, I went to, to camp. a student right. camp okay. and, and heard the message of the gospel, okay. saw Christ in the lives of the students there. and. Gotcha. 
that was very appealing to me because I, although I knew a lot about God, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know God. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. You know, that's inter- let's stop there because here's what's interesting. So Tim and I both raised Catholic. One of the things, if you're trying to reach out to someone, and, and listen, are there Catholics who are saved? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know some people who go to the Catholic Church who I believe, man, they're believers. But what Tim and I like to say is. You're saved in spite of the religion, not because of the religion. Because Catholicism at its core is based on a system of works, work. You got to be in the church, confirmation, communion, things like that. So can you be saved? Yeah, absolutely. But in spite of, not because of. But here's the thing you got to realize. If you're trying to share the gospel with someone in that works-based mentality, and, and particularly someone who doesn't know the Bible, like when people tried to share the gospel with me or Tim back then, and they would debate the finer tenets of theology, my response always was, I'm Catholic. Are you a Christian? I'm Catholic. Do you want to debate Mary being the co-redemptress of Christ? No, I just listen to my priest. <laughs> Do you know you're not supposed to call no man father? Why do you call him Father Bob? I don't know. I listen to my priest. So here's what he said, which I thought was just so interesting. Just to sign out and let him finish. He said he saw the gospel lived out in people and it became attractive to him. That's what I think is the greatest apologetic we have for the world today is living on mission. I mean, that's how, and I've recently studied this, uh, a book called Patient Firmament. Have we talked about I think so. We may have talked about this. But I, no, I think I talked about this at an event I was at. But but I read this book called The Patient Firmament of the Church. Or Firmament of the Church. I think Firmament. We, firmament. See, we talked about this. I, know we talked I think we talked about it last week. We yeah. did talk about But here's what we said. We just talked about this. But what we said was what, what spread the gospel through Asia Minor, Turkey, Greece, and then ultimately to Spain and Rome was not them doing massive crusades, standing on the corners, uh, on pillars in the uh, Parthenon and uh, out in the community. It was them living on mission differently mm. and it was attractive to lost people and that's what you're saying you saw Amen. these kids yes. and so anyway you met conrad i saw christ in them yeah i went back to my hometown didn't know a single christian wonder to the baptist church i i guess the lord was leading me there i knew i didn't find christ in the catholic church so there were two options i went to the baptist church and i wanted to go to a place where they uh preach the bible and taught from scripture and that kind of thing. And I wandered in and these people loved me, especially this one man, Conrad, who became my Sunday school teacher, but he was much more than that. Um, I had the opportunity to go and stay with he and his family for a season. And he actually mentored me and really showed me what it meant uh, to follow Christ yep. and live the gospel. Awesome. And, and, and he has an amazing name, Conrad Bieber. Bieber. That's just, it's just a, a great cool, name. That's like a cool you hear name. that name and you think, this is a man of God right here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Conrad Bieber. So he <laughs> mentored you, invested. Keep going, sorry. And so he modeled before me, uh, typically, uh, it was he and I together, and I was watching him. I was uh, listening to what he said, what he didn't say, the way he led his family. And he really modeled before me living the Christian life, living the Christ life. And I learned how to pray because I saw him pray. I learned how to read my Bible because he helped me. I learned how to memorize scripture because he did it and he encouraged me to do it. I learned how to share my faith because I watched him. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a life on life 
discipleship, and he really invested in me and impacted my life in, in just tremendous ways. Sounds wow. kind of like Jesus. It, it almost seems to be. It sounds like Jesus. <laughs> there, was a, sense, yeah. there was that time of, of leading and investing and showing showing folks how to live. Well, and, here, and here's the challenge for all of us, because as leaders, pastors, and churches, ministers, it's easy for us to kind of ebb and and kind of uh, kind of migrate toward systematic theological teaching and di- dissecting the finer tenets of soteriology and justification by faith and all that. And all those stuff. things are fun, right, yeah. to do. But the reality is. What Tim's saying is some of the lasting memories in his life from from Conrad were I bet you couldn't even tell me many theological things you discussed. None. But yeah, probably not. <laughs> but even even <laughs> not with David one. Platt and, and even Tim and Glorietta, I can't tell you theological. <laughs> although I, I could tell you probably a few because I had some really wacky uh, beliefs. But anyway, uh, I could tell you I watched. Well, let's Tahi. not go there, Pat. Yeah, right. We're not go- well, let's we not go we, we actually are going to go there just a <laughs> second. Just a moment, yeah. We're so, going to go there. <laughs> we're about halfway point through the podcast. So I want to stop briefly and remind everyone that we are members of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And one of our- Great honor too. It is a great honor. We're very privileged to be a part of it and very thankful for it. And one of our fellow podcasters uh, that we are in this with is Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer and Todd Unziker. J.D. is is just saying, hey, ask me any question and I will gladly answer it for the masses. Okay, so let's say we want to- How risky is that? That's pretty risky. What would we ask J.D. Greer? If I were to ask J.D. Greer one thing- it would be... Think about J- it. Think about it. I would say, J.D., what is your first name? Who? I know. It's profound. That, that, well, I, would, I would say, what is the D for? What does the D stand for? You're so, going to go for the J. Okay. Bro T, what would you ask the I'd president ask, of the ever, Southern Baptist Convention? Do you ever get tired of the fake J.D. Greer <laughs> Twitter? <laughs> no way. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. No, we love the fake that will be sad. I personally like that one better than his, but I, no, I'm playing, I'm playing. we love J.D. Greer. We love J.D. We love J.D. And if you want to check out his podcast, ask me anything and uh, you'll you'll find some interesting questions, probably a lot better than the ones we would have asked. What happens when the Bible and humanity collide? Not what you'd expect on Living and Effective, a new podcast from Christianity Today and the Christian Standard Bible. You'll, you'll hear difficult questions and find surprising answers about how God's Word has changed the world and what that means for your everyday life. So go listen to Living and Effective now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitch, or wherever you get your podcasts. Living and Effective is presented by the Christian Standard Bible, a Bible translation that's accurate readable and shareable you can find out more at csbible.com that's csbible.com but let's get back to what we're talking about investing in individuals investing in leaders mentoring leaders and and then the connection that happens so just uh briefly we we talked about uh how Tim has been mentored by Conrad Bieber, one of the greatest names I've ever heard, and then how he then invested in you. So, Pastor, tell us, just from your perspective, how did Tim uh, come about leading and investing in you? Yeah. How so, did that relationship begin? Yeah. So, uh, I was a new seminary student. I was at school for about two months, and maybe three months, and I had befriended a guy named Tony Morita, who was a seminary student, and, a, and David Platt, T-bone. obviously. T-bone, as we call him. Yes. Uh, and then uh, another guy named David Platt, which I've said before, was already kind of discipling me for about seven, eight months. And uh, I had been given an opportunity to go preach that summer because I, I thought, man, this would 
guys call me to do to preach. I can't wait to preach and eat opportunities to preach. And so uh, organization called Centrikid. Do you remember that? I do. I think they may still have it. It still happens. Okay. So Centrikid, this is 2004. Okay. So March of 2004, I get approached uh, by some people who say, hey, you, you'd be interested in being a Centrikid, which was for me the greatest opportunity. Right. You I hadn't was been a believer very long. You'd just no. been mentored. You're chomping in the bit to go lead and be a minister. And this is a huge opportunity. Okay. Think about this. Five sermons a week eight weeks traveling the east coast with a group of people and wow. back then i was single and i this was new like and dream come true man i'm preaching every right? week and i'm so i could pick up and leave it was very easy to do uh but uh Someone said, hey, there's a guy named Tim LaFleur at Nickel State University uh, in Thibodeau, Louisiana, who has an opportunity to go with him for the summer, preach not five times a week, but one time a week, but you'll be discipled by him. And so I said, you know what, let me just go just to see. So I went to the BCM, went to this secular college, not a Christian college, and walked into the BCM and saw the place packed out with Christian students, something that was, obviously I knew that at William Carey, but on a secular college. Very unusual. In South Louisiana. We walked in, we didn't know whether it was our guest speaker or a professional athlete. (laughs) You're like, this guy's lost. Well, I was pretty big, I was pretty big back then. What are you doing here? I was was like 6'6", 290 back then, uh, 285, 290, I walked in, and uh, they used to think I was coming to to rip the phone books. (laughs) Just, just to kind of put it in perspective, team. his calves were bigger than my thighs. Oh, boy. Here we go. Not to mention his biceps. Yeah, so Tim said, listen, if all else fails, I got a bodyguard for this, right? So uh, we go, we uh, he basically says, you're going to preach to the students. And so, okay. and I still remember the day, uh, March 16th. I still yeah. remember the message. Yeah. What was oh, it, brother? Recipe for revival. Oh, 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 oh. Nice. One of the oldie but good. Oldie but good. Se- second Chronicles 714 of my people. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, Tim calls me back a week or two later. He says, Hey man, I think it'd be a great opportunity for you and I to go. So I was wrestling. Like, do I go preach? This is what my passion is. And so after church one Sunday, I was at Edgewater Baptist church, friend of mine named Byron Townsend, who was disciple by Tim, who was a seminary student. He's now a pastor in Baton Rouge at Grace Church Grace Church and Byron's a good friend I love Byron but uh, he took me to lunch and he said right and this one lunch meeting just shows you how God works changes the course of my entire life one lunch meeting he says hey man I know it's attractive to go to Central Kid and man you'll be able to preach you know Mm -hmm. you know 30 40 times for the summer he said but the reality is this if you go with Tim LaFleur you spend the summer with him, you'll never be the same. Hmm. He said, because you're going to be discipled by Tim. I was discipled by Tim and your life's never going to be the same. So I went home, prayed and opted to go with a man I didn't know, but one time in a place of anonymity and obscurity in Gloria, New Mexico. And let me tell you, it was the the, the life changing summer of my life. We we were like two college buddies. Tim and I hit it off. We didn't know we'd hit it off. We hit it off. And man, we spent literally (laughs) every waking moment, like Conrad did with him. Right. Well, I mean, think about where would you ever have an opportunity where you're with someone for two to two and a half months? Every mo- and so Tim and I started to pray together. So we prayed, I think, once or twice a week, 6 a.m. We'd get the students up on our faces for about mm. an hour. Wow. Then we would go out. Every Tuesday and Thursday morning. That's it. Every morning. Oh, it was awesome. Well, and so for young leaders who may be listening to the podcast, it is, you know, when you think of opportunities, your first pick is usually, man, this big, awesome opportunity that I may never have again to go and 
I don't think anyone think is thinking make a name for myself, but to go and influence more people, to yeah. put it in, in, in a churchy term, <laughs> I have more reach if I, if I do this. Sometimes, and maybe most of the time, we need to look at the opportunities where someone may be able to invest in us or, or like you did in this situation, to go and know that this is going to be time where I'm not necessarily out speaking and preaching to the masses, but someone is investing in me and that is going to be so much greater for the long term, which is is ultimately how that that panned out well and and here's the thing sometimes the greatest impact we can do for the kingdom is not thinking in our human minds and with human perspective because if you put it on paper you know because we know this today preachers have to preach to get better what better opportunity than 40 times to preach over a summer right but what i didn't but i didn't understand was when i would preach with tim once a week Mm -hmm. tim would give me feedback throughout the week on the sermon so it was a way better investment of my time and and i had a feedback loop from tim so here's the thing i learned what god showed me is you be faithful in anonymity and obscurity Mm -hmm. and you be faithful behind the scenes with little and then I'll honor you later with much. You see, wow. I, I, see, I think that's what God does with us in the Christian life. I, I said this before, but this is a line I use with a lot of young preachers. If you won't do a job without a title, you're never going to do a job with a title. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, now think about that. that if, that's pretty strong. If you're yes, not going to yes. do a job without a title, like if you're not going to, and that's one of the things Tim, Tim showed me, servant leadership. You know, c- c- picking up chairs, coming right. early, staying late. That was that was a, a, the antithesis Preparing of my life. for a longer term ministry. Um, I mean, think about it. Jesus washed the disciples feet. So this is something he modeled as well. And trying to live out that servant leadership is critical. It's huge. So we've got a few minutes left. What I want to do is, you know, we could talk about we, we could probably tell these stories uh, for two or three hours of a podcast. Probably time. so. But what we <laughs> want to do is distill this down into action steps, principles, practices that leaders, those listening can put into practice. So how do we help those listening um, invest in others in this way or decide to be invested in? What are some things, uh, Brother Tim, you would say that you wanted to see accomplished in, in not only in Robbie's life ultimately, but in anyone that you're investing in leading? The first on the list would be model godly behavior. Uh, it's hard to fake a walk with God if you don't have one. Yeah. Uh, That's true. And so as That's you true. mentor, as you disciple, as you invest in others, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to be that man that they may aspire to be one day. That's good. So That's as good. you walk with God, uh, help them understand different insights, share godly counsel, these kind of things. Uh, but what you do is as important as what you say. Well, it's so good. And here's, here's another thing I would say, and I learned this early on, you have to be a lifelong learner. Like, you have to be teachable. Yes. Tim taught me this, but I've always... You know, I've all even today. I still remain teachable. I'm still learning. I'm still I'm still growing. And what what I've realized is, until we admit we don't know everything, hmm. then we can't learn anything. Wow. And I know everything I know because that's what I, I'm trying to teach my son Rick this. He he Rick likes to talk and talk, and he never puts a period on. And I said, son, <laughs> listen, is it possible? Just get we had this discussion this morning. Is it possible, Rick? Really? Who did he get this from? Just a question. Uh, he got that from his mom. But anyway, no, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. Probably got it from me. Here's the thing. He's going on and on telling me he, he's trying to do a project for 4H. Okay, and 4H is you know head, health, heart, hands. I think it is. And so it's projects with animals and different things. Right. So he's going to do a speech. Well, he wants to do a speech on like video gaming. And I said, son, 
And he wants to win the, I want to win the 4-H state championship. I said, son, I got a better idea. Why don't we talk about farming and the lessons you learn from raising sheep and when Lottie Moon died? And your message can be lessons from the death of Lottie Moon. I said, listen, you'll take this to the state finals. I said, nobody has the insight like you. Most of these kids don't learn. Like like Lottie Moon got away from the pack and how shepherds comfort the sheep. I said, son, there's so many lessons. He said, I don't want to do that. That's not going to win. I said, okay. I had a teachable moment. You know, I said, Rig, I said, sit down. I said, son, is it possible? It may not be true, but is it possible that daddy knows a little more than you do on this subject? And he said, yeah, it's possible. So I said, you need to be teachable. But but the thing in, 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 in a lot of discipleship groups like we've been in, and, and Tim will tell you, is that the people that we have the hardest time working with are the people who are unteachable. We, we can work with anybody who has no skill set to write home about, not very talented, not a good speaker, doesn't understand to study the Bible, has a hard time memorizing scripture, doesn't know how to share their faith, but they're teachable. Hmm. But we can't work with anybody who maybe is the best preacher, the most polished yeah. orator, the, the most intellectual mind, but they're not teachable. You can't work with that person. So we, we've got some principles. We're running out of time. We may need to wrap it up here. But what I'm finding in this discussion, we probably need to do this again. Uh, why wouldn't we? We probably need we? to elaborate on this. We need to talk about the time when I got to Glorietta. First night there. Oh, wow. Tim calls me to the dorm room. Do you remember this? He said, Robbie, I've got a, this is. I'm not even making this up. Robbie, I've got a task for you. Tell him what you asked me, Brother Joe. He became my bouncer that day, yes. We had a guy that was on campus that shouldn't have been there. The police were looking for this guy. <laughs> Tim said, you got to go. And this guy was a pretty big guy back then. You he know? Was, was he bigger yeah. than you? No, 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 no. And even if he was, I mean, I was, I still was had tougher. one foot. You were tough. Well, and I was so new as a Christian, I probably had half a foot in the world still. <laughs> you were ready for the rumble. I would have submitted him into salvation. I mean, just for the love of Christ. With the love of Christ. Of course. Well, as we- <laughs> As we wrap up today, uh, I want to remind you to go to replicate.org, replicate.org. We've just released our discipleship blueprints um, in a downloadable digital format. So Ooh, if you first can't time. make it to the event, we finally decided, hey, what if we record this and allow people to get a copy of this so they can show their staff, they can train their people, they can be trained by it. And uh, and so we're really excited about that. Replicate.org for more information for the discipleship blueprint digital version. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.